Yeah. I remember my first gigs. I didn't even know what a monitor was. I just didn't <laughs> sit up there yeah. and sing for four hours straight. You know, yeah. no monitor. A lot of times, sound guy doesn't know what a monitor is either. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> Grab the KY, get yourself ready. You got some sliding to do. Oh, hang in now we'll and the boys. Maybe some critters too. So get your phone and get on the gram. You know where to find the man. Welcome back, y'all, to another episode of the DM Monday podcast. I'm Trey Lewis. This is my podcast, and uh, my co-host today, Mitch Wallace. Um, Bonner's not here today, but we have a special guest today. He's a great songwriter. I've known him for many years of living in Nashville. Probably, I, I don't know, I've probably been here since 20, oh, I've been here since 2019, but I think I met him around 2020 before the world shut down, and uh, I've seen him in live in concert in action um playing with a country artist named john party plenty of times before i even moved to nashville and um yeah we're gonna have a conversation terry lee palmer what's up man howdy everybody what's up how you doing man how's your, how's your day man, been it's uh it's been pretty damn crazy to be honest with you man yeah. uh i um i had a couple things but scheduled for today and one of the things was this and I, I wrote it 11 o'clock this morning, but then I had a couple more things move in. I'd be in the studio at 9 o'clock this morning to sing, which is the worst time to try and damn sing. Is oh, in I know. the morning. When, it's the worst. You know, hell, I you know I woke up seven 7.30 this morning. That ain't wake-up time for guitar players, man, or songwriters. No, it's not really not. Not for singing. I usually no. don't sing past noon, like yeah. earlier than earlier than 10. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was rough. We got some. We got a little work done, and then I wrote a song, and then... Um, well, I did something. Uh, I did another thing, which we'll talk about later. Yeah. Uh, in between that and this, but I'm just glad I survived the damn hurricane to get up here. And yeah, I'm glad you didn't have to come in it here. It was like, brutal out there, man. Man, I, he was like park across the street, and I'm like, I'm looking outside. I'm like, shit. I'm like, should I just wait until this thing blows over? Because I could. I could, you know, it could like you had a cabin like, here wet with wet hair, man. I know at the at, at the at best, hell, man, the way it's going, there might be a damn hurricane out there right now or something. Could have been. It was blown. moving my truck around when I was at the red light. Yeah, that's nuts, man. I'm but sure uh, but hey, I'm glad I got to got to be here and I got in here and I parked indoors so I didn't get to, you know have to get my hair wet. Yeah. Or my, or my, <laughs> so or my, my or my beautiful uh, rattlesnake boots. Yeah. Wet, you know Where, what kind of boots us? are those? These are uh, these are Tony Llamas. Nice. And um, I actually was going to – hell, we were down in Texas, and we were visiting the uh, the Stallion Boot Company, and they were going to all make, make us all custom boots and stuff. We'll give you a deal. Rattlesnake boots, you know, like only $1,500. I'm like, that's probably not a bad deal on – some custom boots, but I did find these on good old Facebook Marketplace hey, for three hundred dollars, man. Dang, I'm like, well, I'll take a gamble on these. And I love Facebook, dude. It worked. It worked out great. I paid three hundred bucks. I got a nice set of boots, and you know, <laughs> if I if I had paid fifteen hundred dollars for them or eighteen hundred bucks or whatever, and hated them, I'd I'd be out that much. But I didn't. And these these work great. They look good and they feel good. So, do you have an extensive collection of boots, or just are you like a one or two? Not pair as ago? man. I'm kind of like I look at boots like I look look at guitars. I can always have more. Yeah. Um. I've got 
a lot of pairs of boots, but every time I look at my closet, much like I look at my guitars, I'm like, you know what's missing here? You know, is I could have a nice, you know, I could have a nice uh, uh, gold top Les Paul. I've got this Les Paul, and I got my, you know, my custom, and I got my wine red, and I got my, but I really like gold top, but it's kind of like boots, too. It's like, I got my snakeskin. I got my pythons, you know. I got my lizards. You know, oh, man, I could really use a set of caimans. I'm going to get some caimans, you know. Yeah. And so that's kind of, I think that is with, with anything, man. Once you start acquiring stuff like boots or guitars, you always want yeah. more. I started buying know? these Tacobas, um, but I have, I've had three pairs of these and they, you know, they only go up like to here. But that's good. That's really good, man. Cause honestly, like for on stage and stuff, cause yeah. you wear such tight jeans and like, I'll, um, like my, my jeans on stage are like, they're flared out. Like I mm-hmm. wear bell bottoms yeah. and stuff. But a lot have of you seen the you, Velcro things that that you put on? Like if you had normal boots, you yeah. put them on there and it pulls. Yeah, them and back. I used to, and I used to do that. Like when I'd wear boots like this. Yeah, but it like, seems like a lot of work though. You know. What I mean? Um, you know, it kind of is, but it 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 like it does make it look better. And the lucky thing about the boots I wear on stage right now is they they're kind of the short shaft like like the ones you have on right now. So it's like you don't really see them like on the upper part of your jeans. Yeah. So it's working out for me now, but if I wanted to wear these on stage, you'd probably like, you know, you'd see that. Dude, I figured people would be trying to give you boots, man. What's up with that? Well, man, I I don't know. What the hell is their problem, man? Yeah. Let's <laughs> let's get on. Somebody get on that. Yeah. Who's, who's out there? Yeah. Look at these beautiful uh, Tony Llamas I got on. I mean, you know, anybody want to try to up this? I'm just saying. saying <laughs> come on. <laughs> uh so I want to go back to um, the first time I ever saw you play live, and it's almost kind of weird for, for me, like talking about this, because like I feel like I was a fan of you before I met you. You know, that's awesome. Um, it was at um, uh, y'all played a show in, in Iron City, Birmingham. Yeah, it was when Up All Night was the was the single. Yeah, I remember that. That's like what 2014. That was uh that was 15? a while yeah, that was a while back. I remember I think that show was with uh I know Runaway June was on that show. Yeah. And I think Midland was even on that show yeah. too. Yeah. I could be mistaken, but I think that's Iron City. It's pretty cool because like I've seen so many I actually was a um was an acoustic open like local guy. I opened that show. Okay. And um I was it was just like an acoustic open. It was like a radio show you know and uh and then i like like i being in like a hometown guy i did a bunch of the radio shows you know i would do them for free or like whatever i didn't care i was just happy to be there and sometimes like i would always get a free ticket to the show you know to watch and a lot of the times you know some of those acts coming through I didn't really too much care for their music, you know, or I would yeah. watch like five minutes of the show and be like, fuck, I'm out of here. Mm. But I watched y'all show and I was like, damn, that's how you do a show. <laughs> you know, I'm pretty sure back then I have no doubt because we're, we're still pretty lively on stage. Even, yeah. even in our advanced stages of, of, of what we've been doing here, you know, we've, We've been on tour a long time, you know. I have with John anyway, and yeah, you know, and uh, we we're we still have a good time and get wild on stage. But I can imagine back then we were probably madmen on damn stage, man. We were probably yeah. I mean, there was beer bottles <laughs> everywhere, like <laughs> on the, sure, you know, like at the end of the night, you know, like I was still in the probably venue. shot glasses everywhere. Yeah, and, it was awesome. You know, maybe was some great. brawls hanging off the. Yeah, Mike Sands. I, I would not doubt that, man. But, but y'all um, did like this cool like rock and roll thing 
like during the set where like y'all played like like a rock mashup, like a I don't know, it was awesome. Y'all still do something like that? Oh, well, I mean, not really anymore. And I mean, honestly, yeah. man, John's gotten to the point where he's gotten he's got so many you know hits. Yeah, that you know y'all are just playing you got greatest hits. You got to fit all those in yeah. there. I mean, we still play a lot of cool stuff like. You know, hell, he's you know he's got his new record out, and and we're playing stuff that's not, you know, a single or on the radio, mm-hmm. and it and it's fun to play, and it's you know, and it goes over well too because he's just got good songs, man. Yeah. He does, so we do a lot of that stuff too. Um, but uh, man, it's still fun, man. You know, I love John because I love him and hate him at the same time for this reason is like <laughs> he, you know, ever since we've started playing together, I've always kind of been his, his main like backing vocalist. And anytime like, uh, there's a spot, he'll, he'll just look at me and, you know, be like, you know, do something Terry or whatever. And from, <laughs> you know, from the early days, I've always I'm like, I gotta be on my toes, man. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta know what to say to the crowd. I gotta, I gotta, you know, play this good, you know, not be stupid and not say something dumb. But uh, you know, here lately, like we'll do a song, and he'll let me like I'll I'll sing a verse, and you know, to the crowd and all this stuff, and I'll just I'll do my little spiel, I'll be like, "What's up?" You know, Birmingham. You yeah. know, how y'all doing? You know, one thing I know about Birmingham, y'all y'all roll tight some bitches. What? Yeah, you know, yeah. and so it give me a little yeah. chance to kind of do my thing, man. And it's it's uh, it's fun for me to kind of get to shine a little bit in that way. And I think John loves it. It's, I've always kind of been his. His little What's, comic relief like, on stage. You're, you know? you're like a part of the brand. You know what I mean? Well, in th- a sense. I mean, I I kind of feel like it's hell. I've been there that, since day one. You I mean, know? that's kind of like how I like interpret it. You know, um, my my long time, my long my longest band member for a long time. He's with me for twelve years. He's not with me anymore, but we're still cool. We're still friends. His name's Terry too. Oh yeah. And uh, but he was he was you know part of the brand you know yeah, what i mean and yeah. like and people loved him people would come to the shows you know um back before we you know we had a really a song pop off and some people just came just to see him they didn't even give a yeah. shit about me you know what i mean <laughs> really yeah they yeah. were they were making sure they were front stage on his yeah. side well i man i i mean i really hope people you know look at that way too yeah With me anyway i mean I know that they're buying a damn ticket to see John Party, yeah, but yeah, for sure. I would hope that if they came to the show, they'd be like, "Man, I just, you know, I want to see what what Terry does yeah. as well." You know, and, yeah. let's let's go back uh, to where you're. Where are you from? Are you from well, Florida? Man, well, no, my family's from Houston, Texas. Okay. Man, I, I was born in Houston, Texas, and um, I I really grew up in a place called Cunningham, about probably about an hour from here. Okay, and way way out in the damn middle of nowhere, sticks and. It's kind of it, it's kind of funny because I've I've kind of been dubbed Texas Terry Lee from Tennessee because I'm like I, I tell everybody like where are you from I'm like well I'm from Texas you know I love yeah. Texas I like I all my sports p- teams were from Texas mm. man all my family's from Texas some of my favorite places and memories and places I love to go are from Texas and I I just love the whole vibe and and all that but I mean literally I was about eight or nine years old my parents moved me up here to like to the country you know like the real country yeah, like i mean country. i you know country songs these days i you know honestly from you know from my perspective you know you got a lot of people talking about, oh man we're hanging out at the mom fired i got my four wheel in my yeah. you know brand new silverado and we're gonna go deer hunting and i'm like 
Blue, Fuck no, that wasn't the way it was. Blue when je- I was growing cut off up. blue jeans and buttholes. Yeah, yeah, you know, it was fucking rough, man. It was like shit, man. I, you know, it's raining hard. I hope the creek don't rise so much I can't get across to go yeah. to school or, you know, shit. I got to get home and do my homework because I got to go bush hog this field, you know, or some yeah. shit like that. And, you know, go- hunting, screw that, son. You're going, you know, we got, you know, we got work to do out here. You know, there's stuff to do. Yeah. There. It wasn't all like bonfires and fun and games where I grew up. It was like, like this is. The real damn country, yeah. You know? Survive or die. And I'm coming from you know like Houston, Texas, where we lived in a subdivision. You know, my best friend was too close. You know, two yeah. houses uh, down, and it back out then. It wasn't like that out there. You know, so it was uh it was definitely something different when we did move to Tennessee. You kind know, kind of a culture shock, huh? Yeah. It was because I'd never experienced that. You know, but that's how I I how that's how i grew up you know and i wouldn't trade it for the world you know yeah. i really wouldn't you know honestly yeah. i'm proud what hard work was all about it did, yeah. you know and i'm proud to be where i'm from and have you know gotten to where i am you know in the music industry just from being down the road and just coming from nothing is like you know all right i'm gonna there's Nashville right there just waiting for me. Yeah. yeah. Let's go out there and, and give it a try. Did you grow up listening to country music or did you were in the church or well, man, I, I, to be honest with you, like my and and I have a song about this, and it it it's a very true song. It's like literally my what how I started learning. Is the song music. out? No, okay, it's not out, but coming but, soon. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Okay. I, if I don't cut it, hopefully somebody does. But, yeah, but it's it's literally a song about how I learned about music, and it was from my parents' album collection. Yeah, and. They had everything. I mean, I I love rock and roll music. I grew up on rock and stuff. And when I was a teenager, I loved the, you know, the 80s hair bands and stuff. Yeah. But the first rock and roll I heard was, you know, uh, stuff like Boston mm-hmm. and ZZ Top, you know. Yeah. And then in that same record collection, my, my parents had like Waylon and the Outlaws and they had uh, Hank Jr., you know. So there was everything for me. And so when I was a kid, I... You know, I just throw on, and, and back then, you know, you had these awesome album covers. You could open them up, see all the pictures, read yeah, all yeah. the lyrics, and be like, "Oh, I like this song, or I like the words of this song, or whatever." And it didn't matter if it was country or rock. I kind of had it all right there in front of me, and that's really how I learned about music. I was talking to a buddy today. I was like, "If you can't put on," I was like, "If we meet and you can't put on the." Hank Williams Jr. greatest hits and like sing every word to every song, then you've never like you haven't lived. You know no. we're probably not going to get along. No, <laughs> because I mean every one of those is a great hit, and yeah. you know I mean it's it's just good music, man. It it is, and um, I'm you know I'm 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 thankful to have been able to um, kind of grow up and learn music in a time when. When that was what I had, you know, because yeah. these days, we, man, it's it's just there is so much out there, man. Yeah, you know, it is. there's so yeah. many ways to consume music there, as well, too. There really is, man. Back back in the day, it was just the radio and record collections, you know. That's it, dude. That's um, how. You know. Well, I was talking to uh, uh, I have a good friend in town. He's a songwriter. His name's Dawson Edwards, and I uh, we we this is like one of the first times we ever hung out. And we were over at our buddy's Nick's house. Nick Haynes, you know Nick. I think Yes, so. I do yeah. know Nick. How do I know Nick? Uh, he, he probably from Porch Light Rounds and stuff and, and the local. Um, yeah. We'd written a lot of songs together, but we were over at Nick's house and we were hanging out. And 
we were we wanted to hear the song "Feeling Better" by Hank. It's like a later later on song uh, that he put out later on. But uh, we were like, "Play Feeling Better" by Hank Williams Jr. and and uh, and Nick goes, "Y'all want to hear the live version?" And with like without hesitation, both at the same time said, "No, Hank sucks live." <laughs> <laughs> and I knew right I'm, then and there in that moment that we were going to be friends yeah. forever. I've heard I've heard some some stories about that and heard some things, you know. Yeah. Um, and to be honest with you, I've you know I've only got to see Hank a handful of times um, live, and it's been it's been recent. Yeah. And um, you know, and I, I you know, obviously I love his music, so yeah. I was very excited about yeah. seeing him live. And he did very good, man. He was out there. He was playing the fiddle. He was playing playing the piano. He was playing everything. And I'm like. Damn man, this is awesome. This yeah. guy's cool, but like every like change the words and stuff. Yeah. Well, he would do everything, but then he would inevitably he would leave the stage like ten to fifteen minutes before his set was over. So yeah. his band's just sitting there jamming, and I'm yeah. just like, "Where the fuck did Hank go?" And I'm like, "Oh, he's done. He's you yeah. know he's he's done what he's gonna do, and he's gone." But yeah. he did it really well, and I really enjoyed it. And I'm sure. You know, I had to do something with all the beers I had or the whiskey I had or whatever. Yeah, but he's I, a legend, dude. Yeah, he's I, I did. I did love it. It was it was good. So when did you get your first guitar? Was that your? When you were like, I want to play guitar, Dad, or what? Well, you know what's funny is like my first guitar was my mom's guitar. Yeah. And what happened is my dad bought my mom uh, an acoustic guitar when I guess when they got married before they got married. And that's how, well, that's actually where my journey in music begins first is because when, you know, we moved out to Cunningham, Tennessee, mm -hmm. um, you know, we're dirt poor. I mean, like we're living in a used single wide trailer, you know? Yeah. And then we upgraded to a double wide trailer. So, you know, if that's not a fucking song. I like, live it, baby. But um, my mom, she, you know, my dad, he would commute to Nashville back and forth every day. So my mom was stuck at home with, with us kids. Yeah. You know, so she had to entertain us somehow. So she had this acoustic, old acoustic guitar, and she'd sit and play for us and sing all the songs she probably knew, probably wore out and singing them over and over again. Me and my sister would, we'd like jump on the bed and dance around. And you know, one of our favorites was La Bamba. It was oh, yeah. the best. Yeah. So La yeah, La Bamba. So we That's would dance awesome. to that shit all the time, like every day. You know, she'd be up there playing the songs and stuff, and. And eventually, I guess that's kind of how I gravitated to guitar, and that was my first guitar. And I'm sitting there looking at it, you know, and I'm listening to Bon Jovi and stuff, and I'm like, this don't look like Bon Jovi's guitar. <laughs> this ain't the right kind. I don't want this thing. Yeah. Get me a Bon Jovi guitar. And they're like, no, learn on that thing first. So that was my very first guitar was my mom's. Do you still have it? Actually, I do. And what happened is on uh, a few years back on my birthday, uh, or on my mom's birthday, she, um, you know, I never know what to get my parents. They yeah. got everything. They don't yeah. ever no want nothing. So I, um, it had been sitting in a, you know, case for years, yeah. basically, basically not being played. So I just took it into my luthier and had him go through it all, set it up, get new strings on it, and, and get it playing real good. And I gave it to her, and it's like, here, I got this playing for you good, Mom, you know. And I don't know if she's ever played it, but I think, you know, I, it's just the, the thought that, you know, it's kind of back to the the way she was. You know, yeah. when she was playing. That's awesome, know. dude. Yeah. Like, I don't have my my first guitar. I lent it to my sister, and it got stolen. But like, yeah. I wish that like I still had that thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's blood on that. 
You I know? got my grandfather's was, guitar. I didn't even know what cool. a pick was. You know, like yeah. I remember my first gigs. I didn't even know what a monitor was. I just didn't <laughs> sit up there yeah. and sing for four hours straight. You know, yeah. no monitor. A lot of times, sound guy doesn't know what a monitor is either. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Do all sound, does, does any sound guy know what a monitor is? You well, know, even the ones that are paid really well to... Dude. Well, you know, when you get to when you get to John's status, you got obviously you got different guys that, that run that shit. But you know, like back in if you're playing in the club days or whatever, yeah. man, you're just kind of like I'm at your mercy, whatever. Yeah, I need more of this, more of this, more of this. Well, I guess that's all I'm getting. Yeah, I've been now. on uh, in ears for how about how long? You say Matt about seven years now. Yeah. I've probably been on in ears for like seven years now, but it's yeah. like still, I still love my in ears just loud as I can get them. Like, <laughs> well, man, <laughs> and, and, and you know why? Because it's so hard to just get that live feel, man. Yeah. And it's like you can't, you know, you want to every now and then I'll pop one out yeah. and I can hear the crowd and I'm yeah. like, oh, yeah, this is this is the way it used to be. Do you run an amp on stage or are you, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't know if you were a Kemper guy. Or no, what? hell no. Um, everybody, <laughs> everybody, everybody. As a matter of fact, everybody on stage on John Party's concert, all of our guys, guitar players, fiddle player, uh, keyboard, we all have you know some sort of amplification, like yeah. some sort of speaker pushing mm-hmm. the sound, and we're very proud of that and because i mean there's just nothing like the the sound or the feel of a of a speaker oh, going through I agree. a microphone 100, man 110% and it's just um too man it's it's that's just the old school way if you really want to feel it i, I feel like that's just that the way it is yeah, yeah. Now's a, a good time to uh, plug car amplifiers. Yeah, I was wondering what you yeah. out of uh, uh, Pittsburgh, North Carolina. They are definitely uh, in the world of boutique amplifiers, the best, and that's uh, what everybody, what all the guitar players on stage use. Awesome. Myself, John, and our other guitar player, Derek, we all have a car amplifier. So there we go. Nice. There's that. That's in there. I was wondering what you used. Yeah. yeah. Um, our guys. Ben, our, uh, Ben Miller, he's my band leader and guitar Wait, player. Ben Miller, hold on. Yeah. I know, I think I know Ben. Yeah. He tall, with, tall guy, tall blonde, guy. blonde hair. Yeah. Okay, yeah. He was, um, okay, interesting story. He, um, I used to play for a guy named Mark Wills back, mm-hmm. wow, 20 years ago, something like that. Yeah. And Ben was, um, he was on tour with us. I can't remember what he was doing um he wasn't playing guitar but I, maybe he was doing something that capacity but i but i remember being on tour then back yeah. then um he was hanging around a good bit he's back then. been on tour with a lot of people yeah um yeah he's done it all man we we really uh appreciate his uh wisdom nice in our in our, in our thing but uh well ben if you're listening hey what's yeah, up bud he uh he he had a huge amp it was ridiculous what was it mac Wayne? I forgot exactly what it was, but it had two 40-watt amps or 50-watt amps. And he, mm. we had to put, like, anytime we were somewhere, we it's had like, to put it in a closet. Yeah, like playing these so small loud. clubs and stuff. And our sound guy was just like, you know, pretty much. And he's like, that's it. I'm buying a Kemper. So he has a Kemper now. And, <laughs> and then well, our, you know. <laughs> and then our other guitar player runs a Kemper, but he runs it through uh through a Fender amp, so it, like you know, you still have that stage right. stage volume. But I get that, I get that, yeah, yeah. But that's I'm, awesome that y'all do that, and and I think one day when we finally get to a point to where we're, you know, on the status that those guys will go back to, yeah, you know. 
I mean, and I'm sure that like our sound guys are like, God, I wish they'd just get a camper, man. Yeah. It'd be so much easier. But I mean, if you want to do something good, you want to do something right, it ain't always easy. So, you know, you yeah. got, sometimes you got to plug in and, and crank it up and, and, you know, at the end of the day, I think. Yeah, I mean, how are you going to play uh, what I can't put down without an amp on stage? I mean, you, know what you, I mean? you can drop D, man. You got to yeah. feel that speaker shaking, yeah. man. It's just, yeah. it's, it's so much better, man. You hit that chord and you're like, I know, I know there's some air being pushed somewhere, man. Yeah. And it's because of yeah. me, yeah. you know? <laughs> it's really because of the bass player, I guess. Um, so, <laughs> so how old were you when you moved down here? From uh, what's it called? What's that hometown called? Oh, Cunningham. Cunningham. Yeah, that's right. It's like uh, about a half hour from Clarksville, way out in the sticks. Yeah. Um, well, hell, I, I went to college first at MTSU nice. um, for music. Of, yeah, um, which is a complete waste of damn time. Let me tell you right were now. Your par- were your parents for you doing music stuff? Oh no, no, they're like, oh no, you need to, you need to go get, get a real job. Get you need to have something to fall back on. And I'm yeah. like, I'm like, you're just telling me i'm going to fail at this yeah yeah That's i got told all. to get a real job over yeah there. and it's just like look i'm like look guys you know i'm doing this i don't care what anybody says i'm doing this i'm i'm doing music for a living and um i went to school there for a couple of years and i basically got what i needed you know as far as um i took all the music classes and they make you take all the bullshit classes too commercial songwriting no, I never took that because, uh, you know, was songwriting a part of it? At this uh, no, point? it wasn't. Cool. I yeah, don't think they guitar. even. I don't think they even offered like those type of classes back then. Where, yeah. Did you know that you were good at guitar at this point, or were you still kind of figuring it out? Well, no, I I, I knew that like okay, I can you know I, I'm I'm better than anybody else in this town. You know, yeah. Not where yeah. I lived. I'm like, like your buddies. You were like I'm better yeah. than that guy. Yeah, I'm like I'm I'm I can do this better yeah. than anybody here. Basically, I just went to college to learn everything that couldn't be taught where I was from. Yep. And, you know, I went there, and I, like I said, I took all the, you know, English lit and geology and all that crap, too, just because you have to take it. And But then I was taking all the music theory classes. I had classical guitar classes. I had jazz band, you know, all that stuff. Just an effort to learn as much about music as I possibly could. Um, and then I, I moved back to Clarksville for a little while, and I went to school there, too, because there was a there was a really, really good classical guitar teacher that had come there from, I think he was from New York or something. No, he's from London. That's what it was. No, that's, what, no, that's where he, front, he was from North Texas, which is a great music school, and he came to Clarksville. So I went there to study with him. And I was real big in the classical guitar and and doing all that. Then basically, I kind of figured out. I'm like, well, you know, what am I going to do with a music degree? Be a music teacher? No, I don't like kids, so that's not going to work. <laughs> um, and I don't want to teach. I hate all that crap. I, you know, I, I'm trying to get away from school as fast as I can. So I just basically took all the knowledge I got, you know, in school, and I was like, well, I'm moving yeah. to Nashville. And I'm gonna was guitar the only instrument that you ever dabbled in? Man, you know, I, anything was strange. You just give me a few minutes with it, I'll figure it out. And yeah. Maybe not a fiddle. That's that's a little too much. But I think yeah. once you learn the theory, you're good, right? Yeah, I mean, you can find out where the notes are, you yeah. know. But I mean, guitar, guitar. I mean, I play bass and a little bit of keyboard too. But guitar is the only thing that I look at it this way. I can I can carry my acoustic guitar in anywhere. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I can sit down and I can play a song for somebody. Yeah. Right. You know, Change you can't really life. do that with any other instrument. Yeah. You know, you really can't. So that's the, that's a beautiful thing about the guitar. You know, it's like, hey, play me a song. Well, hell, no problem. Yeah. Got this thing right here. There we go. You know, and um, so did you graduate MTSU or really? Oh, like- no, I didn't graduate any of that stuff, man. Yeah. I just, like, like I said, I took whatever knowledge I could and yeah. I'm like, all right, I'm ready. Yeah. yeah I'm ready to go. Um, Getting a degree in music wasn't going to do me any good. Yeah. It was going to waste my time. And um, I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to get into get into the game and start playing, start writing, you know, and, and have a career in music. So, Was this young? I mean, did you go to college, you know, during the normal age? Yeah. For I went me, right, I worked a couple of years after high school before I got the chance to go. No, I went like right after, like the next year after I graduated from high school. Um, yeah. yeah, I took the summer, but then right after that, I was. So you leave college, your parents really pissed at that point, huh? You know, it, at that point, I don't really know if they could have been pissed. They were they were already divorced. My dad was living in another state, and uh, you know, um, my mother was. Uh, I think she, I think she might have been living in Germany at the time because uh, oh, she married a guy from. Um, um, he was uh, stationed at Fort Campbell. Up near Clarksville, yeah, yeah. Clarksville. Mm-hmm. and they did live in uh, in Germany for a time. I can't remember if that was that's when I was in school or not. But I, I mean, I think both my parents probably knew, you know, pretty soon after I graduated that, that you know that's not what I was trying to do. Yeah. yeah, I was not trying to get my degree so just in case I didn't get a gig playing guitar, I could go you know be a teacher or something yeah it seems like you you kind of had your mindset though so your family had to at that point be like all right you know that he knows what he fucking wants we're just gonna let him do it they probably did and i know they were only looking out for my best interest you know in life in general because as we all know man you can come to this town you can be awesome and you you know and you can go home with your tail between your Mm -hmm. legs man it can happen you know but I just there was no no failing plan, no plan B. You there were, was none. Yeah, you were. I'm like, a, no, I'm doing this. Yeah, that's it. Like, there, I'm not gonna fail at this. There's no way I'm going to. I, you know, I I wouldn't want to say at that point it was confidence. I think I just want to say at that point it's like it was desire. Yeah, and it was drive. And that's like this is all I want to do. Yeah. I want to be on stage with the guitar, entertaining people, you know, singing to them or playing to them. And, you know, that's what I want to do. And there's no other option. Yeah. That's it. So so what do you do? Do you like hit is, is Broadway like a thing back then or what do you? No, I never really, man, I didn't play a whole lot on Broadway. Yeah. Um, I didn't. Was I, Broadway a thing at that point? Like, was it a big Tourist act? Well, man, I think it always kind of has been. Yeah. But I I tell you what happened when I moved back to town or when I moved to town for good is um, I would go out to – they had all these bars that ain't around anymore. Yeah. Yeah. But they would have these, like, blues jams. You know, you go and you're like, I'm going to take my guitar and go jam on this, you know, one, four, five thing, you know, whatever. And uh, it was easy because I'd just go play some, you know, some old Almond Brothers song yeah. or, or, you know, some old ZZ Top song or something yeah, like that. Yeah, the Whipping Post is my favorite and, Almond Brothers. And everybody would in the band would know it. And you're like, all right, cool. Yeah. And you just get up there and shred and you'd meet people and 
just kind of work your way up that that way. I and, mean, uh, and you, I mean, do you have the long hair? And this has this always been your look? Well, I've all I think I've always had the long hair, but like this that this this evolves um, over time. What is that called? What is that? This is a uh, well. I mean, I think technically, I mean, he's he's a thoroughbred all American. I mean, yeah. that, that's a good way to describe it. Thoroughbred all American. I like that. Basically, a bald eagle. I like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I'm a, a bald eagle. You know, that's funny because that's like all the, all the guys in the band are. You know. They're always like sending me memes of like bald eagles flying yeah. and shit. Like Dude, you're basically yeah. yeah, yeah. We basically have I'm a fine. bald eagle sitting you know right next to us. I'm, right actually, I'm absolutely fine with that. Yeah, I'm okay. I'm a, I'm okay with all of like that. Like if you wonder what America looks like, it <laughs> yeah. looks like Terry Lee. Palmer. Hey man, uh, you know, and I'm drinking an ice cold Miller Lite. If anybody is, he's uh, a bald eagle sitting in front of American flag back there in the background drinking some Miller Lite. That's right. I love it. I love it. There man. you go. The situation couldn't get any better. Let me tell you yeah. something, man. On that topic, so you're. Your name is Terry Lee Palmer. That's yes, sir. That's just a, for some reason, that's an epic name. Like, you know, do people call you Terry? Do they call you Terry Lee, or do they, they call, just call you Terry Lee Palmer? Well, I mean, they, you what know, do you get the most. I, I mean, I hope they call me Terry Lee because uh, I just, man, I look at it this way, man. If you're gonna, if you're gonna do this and you're gonna go all the way and you're gonna be who you are and you're gonna have this persona and you really want people to pay attention to you and to understand what you're about. And, and on top of that, you know, at the, at the core, really love what you do and love your music. Well then go all the way. I mean, technically, I mean, you can call me Terry Palmer. Yeah. That's my name, but you put my middle name in, in there, Terry Lee Palmer. Well, shit, that gives it a whole new level, a whole new element. Yeah, I call you Terry Lee Palmer. Anytime I talk about you, I'm like, yeah, Terry Lee Palmer. Well, there you go, because yeah. that's how I introduce myself. Hey, I'm Terry Lee, you know. Yeah. Good to meet you, you know. And that automatically is like, is going to get somebody intrigued about you. So do whatever you can to be like, all right, I stand out. This is, you know, I, I know I'm good at this. I know I'm good at that. Take it up to the next level. What else can I do to separate myself Maybe else to you know to make people understand. Hey, I'm different. I'm gonna do something different. I'm you know you're gonna love it. You know. Yeah, I think. That's uh, it. I mean, I just want to take a second for anybody listening. That's marketing. You know. Yeah. That's that's before social media and all all the bullshit. You know. I hear in town. I I own a digital marketing company. That's what I do. Okay. It's content. Um, and I hear a lot of people bitch and complain about content. They don't want to be on TikTok. They don't want to be on Instagram. Well, that's fine, but I mean, what you just said is, I mean, that's like grassroots marketing. If if you want to, if you you know, so well, and you got to start somewhere, man. I mean, here and here's my take on that. And I hope I don't get off a little bit too much on this because I could maybe get on that soapbox, I could dude. maybe ramble a little bit. This is America, this. baby. Okay, but I think that that's what's wrong with uh with a lot of uh, the uh, social media things going on is that. People don't really know how to market themselves when they get on TikTok or Instagram. They don't understand that because they don't understand who they are. Yeah, mm -hmm. they don't have an identity. They just get on there and do something, Follow and they trends. and they be, they yeah, and they you know get all these followers, and then all of a sudden people are like, oh, that's what's cool, you know. And I'm like, no, that's not what's cool. That's just what you know the bandwagon is following okay yeah, yep. and let me tell you something there's always another bandwagon there's a train of fucking bandwagons lined up 
ready for the next TikTok or next, you know, Instagram yeah. or whatever. That doesn't really set you apart. What you actually do and how you actually carry yourself and compose yourself and what you actually do as far as a, a musician or a singer or a songwriter in real life, in real time, in front of people. What you stand for. What you stand for yeah. as well. That's what sets you apart. And that's been that's some, that's a concept that is completely lost these days because of the whole social media craze. It really yep. is. It's nobody knows how to be themselves because they get on camera and they try to be somebody else and they get all these people that kind of follow that and then all of a sudden they're this huge thing, but they don't really know who they are. Yeah, they they try artists. to be what's what's trending and they try to be what's exactly. working and you know, the biggest thing I preach is, you know, vulnerability. Just be yourself, and humans will connect with what that is. And they, and they because will. we're all humans. Exactly. And so, you know, but some I mean, people might not like you, but people will like that because well, they'll see themselves in it because yeah. you're a human. And, you know, this is the th way I look at it, man. I, you know, I've got a project coming out here, you know, hopefully pretty soon. And I guarantee you that a lot of people are not going to like it. Yeah. And it's not because of what I say or what I do. It's just that it's not the popular thing. But I'm going to connect with an audience, hopefully, that is disconnected because they don't understand all the social media stuff. And, you know, they don't understand that. Like, why is this person? I'm going to connect with this audience who's basically been left behind. And I'm like, these people here, they need something too. Yeah. So I'm going to put this out. I'm going to give it to them. And hopefully it's something that they can grasp onto. Yeah. You know? That's now, like a prime example, a guy that we've had on a podcast. He's one of our friends, Cody Parks. He sings the intro song. Okay. Yeah. You know, like he does like, he likes mixing country and fucking metal music together. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's wild. Their shows at Live Oak, their Filthy Fridays and all that stuff. They're great. Dude. It's, it's, it's wild, but it's unlike anything I've ever seen before. You know what I mean? There's nothing even close. It's to not like it. you know, butt rock country. You right. know, it's like it's 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 its own thing. You know what I mean? Nobody else yeah. is doing it, and I love it. And that sounds like the type of thing that I would probably totally get into. Yeah, man, yeah he's a badass dude. Yeah. I just I come from I really am first and foremost. Uh, I come from a rock and roll background, and that's really what I love. And um, you know, and I do love country music too, man. But I, I love the old school shit, you know, and yeah. I love the the Waylon and Willie, and the, you know, and and that kind of stuff. And that's the kind of stuff that's going to reflect in anything that I put mm -hmm. out, you know. Yeah. Plus the, you know, the 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 rock stuff. You yeah, know? of course. Yeah. So, so let's get back to it. So you're you're just going around to these blues bars and playing and stuff. What's your like first gig? Your first like hell yeah, I'm gonna. I'm do, I mean, I like. I know you have it in your mind, like you're gonna do this no matter what. But like, you know, I feel like as a creator, you know, as a as a uh, creative person, you know, we always kind of have that like, am I like doing the right thing or like, am I like, am I crazy for chasing this dream? You know, yeah. and then you have that moment that's like. Okay, well, cool. I, I, I'm making a living now, or like, right. I'm not living yeah. on a mattress on the floor anymore. Right. You know, like, I actually just bought a dresser and a and a bed. Like, what was that moment for you? 
Man, that's a that's a tough one because I think it maybe was um, the first like road gig that I had out of here was was a guy named Shane Martin. He was a singer and he had kind of a thing going yeah. on, and we went and did that. And um, then right after that, I, I got a like a another road gig and doing a lot of casinos, traveling a lot in the van. You know, yeah. and I'm like, okay, things are picking up. You know, and and I think before I knew it, you know, a few years down the road, I was actually buying a house. And I'm like, and, and this is like probably, probably like in the Mark Wills days, you yeah. know. And I'm like, okay, this is, this, this, I'm actually making a, I can make, I'm making yeah. a house payment instead of paying rent or something like that, you know. I think it was just a lot of steps. I didn't really realize it until maybe that point, you know. Because at that point, you know, hell, man, I was in my twenties and I was just shit. I was just out there having a good time, you know. Yeah, and, when you were with Mark Wills, was it like nineteen something era? Or was it like <laughs> "Don't Laugh at Me" era? It it was it was past both those eras. Okay, cool. Well, so this is a cool story. So CMA week, I went to the the rooftop, oh, Sky Deck, Sky Deck, mm -hmm. and like I was in the bathroom and I came out and I heard "We Kiss Goodbye" at the terminal gate, yeah. and I was like. Holy shit, fucking Mark Wills. Wish you were here. Like, I love that song, dude. Yeah, it's song. so good. That whole record was like, you know, I was probably eight years old when that thing came out. Yeah. But that, to me, I mean, that's good country music, you know? Man, it is. And I'll tell you something about that guy, man. He's a hell of a singer, man. Yeah. He, mm -hmm. you know, he really is, man. I just, you know, I remember, I mean, obviously doing shows with him, but we'd be yeah. on the bus and stuff, like playing jamming whatever you know and he'd just be singing we'd be playing along to something that we were just like, yeah I'd, you know i'd be listening I'm like, damn that's that guy's like a really just a hell of a singer man. so i walk yes. out there and i'm just like i'm not front row but i'm like you know hanging yeah, we're in there we're I'm, having a good time i'm in there i'm having a good time like he's playing like you know playing all his tits and stuff and this guy walks up to me and he's like hey man i'm mark's tour manager um we would love you to come back after the show and meet Mark. And I was like, hell yeah, I'll do that. Like, That's cool. You know? So yeah. I go back there. I'm excited as fuck to meet him, but his kids are excited to meet me. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like, That's cool. great. Yeah. We got a picture together and like he posted it. And I was like, this is weird. <laughs> like it was cool. It was cool. Yeah. But yeah. That's fucking That's great, man. That's yeah. great. Yeah, I mean, but dude, like he he looks and like sounds like he did back in the day. It was incredible. Yeah. It was a great show. Great. Yeah. So you're playing with Mark Wills. Are you writing songs yet? At yeah. this point, man, I, I've always written songs. Man, it, it doesn't matter. But you know, it because it was definitely before I came to Nashville. It was nothing that was being written here. Man, I was always trying to write. I, I've always I, as a guitar player, man. I've always tried to write songs that were more complex than your basic country song yeah and i always wanted to come to town and, and do like a rock band and like have all these you know crazy melodies but also you know have the, the songs be more compositions and stuff and you know i quickly quickly realized when i got here i'm like well this ain't what this town's about at all you know you got to write the yeah. three chords and the truth and all this stuff so i kind of everything i knew about songwriting um i kind of had to redevelop it just yeah. because that's if you're going to be a songwriter, if you're going to write songs for other people, you have to really keep that in mind. You know, mm -hmm. um, they don't want a song with twelve chords in it, yeah, and a complex yeah, melody. Most most uh, 
um, guitar players and, you know, most people that sing songs in Nashville don't know 12 chords, you know. They don't. They it's know five it's, and capo yeah. on the 12th fret. Right. So, you I'm know. I'm one of them. I mean, <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that, man. I tell you what, I've written yeah. a ton of songs that were, you know, four or five chords or less and i'm like damn you know if i walk away from it thinking damn that's probably one of the best songs i've ever written you know i mean yeah. Yeah, i mean some of the biggest hits are four chords yeah you know and so there's absolutely nothing wrong with that man and if you can if you can keep you know uh building on something that simple and make it new and fresh and good every time there's absolutely nothing wrong with that man that just means that you have you know a great, a great creative ability. Yeah, you know, and I think that's what songwriting is. A lot of times, man, is you have to, you have to find something great, big, and something very, you know, limited and small. You mm -hmm. know, and if you can do that, you know, then, you know, that that's a great thing. And I think that's there have been a, a lot of great songs that just come from that. Yeah, you know? yeah, so it's very special if you can do that. And I, I work at it. All the time and every day, on top of, you know, trying to write the twelve chord songs that I like. You yeah. Know? yeah. So, um, you kind of there definitely has to be a balance. A balance, yeah. So like we're sure. all right. Well, I'm gonna write. You know, that's, I think I think my my, my buddy's uh, but my one of my best friends here in town. His dad was a big time songwriter back in the day, and his dad used to say. Four days a week you write for them, write songs for them, and then one day a week you write one for yourself. And I think that's a uh, um, that's a great way to look at it because um, I think that probably one day a week you have you have some some sort of creative energy that you've built up that you can't express those other four days a week, but you got to get it out. Yeah, and so you you might as well do it. And um, even if it's just for you, because yeah. Yeah. you you have to do it because you can't just let it sit there, man. You know, uh, you, you have to get it out. And it's if, if you don't, it's going to bother you. And it's, you know, it, it's not going to help you be a songwriter. Yeah. You know, so even if it's not for somebody, even if it never gets heard, even if you sit on your back porch and you play that song for yourself or for your dog or for your wife or whatever, and it gives you peace and they enjoy it, then it had to be done. Mm -hmm. It had to be done. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about you uh, starting John's band. Did you, did you, I mean, where did you start it? I think I read something somewhere I, that I didn't kind of start it. I started in the beginning with him. Yeah. Um, me and uh, our bait and John's bass player, Lee Francis, we had a, we had a rock band. That's right. And we would tour, you know, Southeast playing bars and fret parties and all that stuff. And it was a lot of fun. We had a good time. Were you singing? I was a singer and guitar player. Lee was a bass player. Mm -hmm. And we would go do, you know, freelance work for other uh, country artists and singers mm -hmm. that would come to town just when we had time off. And, you know, um, you know, to be quite honest with you, uh, a lot of times the music was not really what we wanted to play. But if they're, you know, they're like, hey, we'll pay you this much. Bring your band yeah. and, you know, help me do a show or a showcase. Like, all right, we'll learn your tunes, whatever. And um, Lee met John and he's like, man, you need to hear this guy. I think we need to start playing with him. And, and uh, he sent me his music. And I was like, yeah, this I do like this guy. He's got a totally different sound. He's 
you know, he's got good songs. I'm like, I'm, I'm really into this. It's like, I, I would love to, I would love to, um, um, you know, do this. And funny thing about it. And, uh, if John ever hears this, I don't know, he might be mad at me. Probably not. We can take it out but, if you want to. <laughs> yeah. But Lee was like, he was like, yeah, man, uh, I'm going to I'm tell John about you. And I was like, yeah, man, I'd love to t- come do some shows. And John was, evidently, John was like, no, man, I'm playing lead guitar. I'm lead guitar player. <laughs> and uh, Lee's like, man, you should really let Terry come and do some shows with you. Play yeah. lead guitar. He's like, no, man, dude, I, I got my Telecaster. I'm good, yeah. man, I'm good. And Lee was like, kept, you know, kept on. I was like, man, does he want me to come play guitar yet? And he's like, I'm, I'm working on it. And uh, we did a, a rehearsal over at um, uh, SIR one day before one of his showcases. And mm-hmm. I was going to play. And I get in there and I learn all the songs. And later on, Lee came up to me. And he's like, yeah, man, John came up to me and said, yeah, man, Terry should play guitar. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's how it all happened. And ever since then, you know, we we did, you know, it was always me and Lee. And we, you know, did all the showcases with John until uh, until he got a record deal. And then we just, you know, we're his band, you know. Yeah. And we're like the only two actual uh, surviving members, you know, since the beginning. And, you know, pretty proud to say that, man, because. Uh, that's a big deal, man. I know. Yeah. yeah. I know. Trust me. I know. It's just it's not something that really happens a lot in this town, and um, you know, and I, I really, I just, I really did like what John did, and, and I liked his music, and you know, I, I wanted, I believed in it, and it was a lot of, you know, a lot of work and a lot of years, but I mean, look at him now, man. He's, now y'all he's are about to be on a world tour. Yeah, I literally. Know, my roommate Ella's gonna be out, out there with y'all so, oh, okay. on some shows, so that's how I knew. Yeah, that. yeah, awesome, dude. We're looking um, forward to it. No plan B again. No plan B again. Mm-hmm. Never a plan B. Is there any songs uh, in the current set where John takes lead guitar for a little bit, or any, does that ever get switched out a little bit? Yeah, man. Well, I mean, it's not. Uh, everything's pretty scripted, and pretty much like he'll if he wants to take a solo, he'll just step out there on the catwalk and just start playing, and everybody yeah. just kind of knows like, okay, Don John's, you know, he's he's gonna shine for a minute and yeah. take a little. Yeah. Take a little bit for himself, you know, and yeah. you know, and I have to be honest with you, man. I've heard a lot of artists try to play guitar, yeah, and I'm like, man, man, I don't know if I just, would do that. Just <laughs> let me handle it. <laughs> yeah, but John, like, he's not, you know, as far as like playing some leads and stuff, he's not that bad. I mean, he, you know, yeah, he can he, get it. He can kind of, you know, yeah. sometimes I'll hear him like he'll be on something, and I'll be like, man, he's all right, he's doing good. Yeah, that sounds good. Oh, 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 okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, all right. Now, every now and then, but I have those yeah. moments too, I guess. Yeah, everybody, everybody does. does you know? um, so I have a guitar question for you. Have you yeah. ever, um, have you ever bought a guitar at Highland Music in Birmingham? Highland Music. I, I don't know if it's, I have bought a guitar in Birmingham. Yeah. There's a. Um, I knew John bought one at Highland Music. That was like the talk of the town. Of the that, that's a music. It's an old music store. It's like it looks like a. It's like a historic build, like an old, just old building. Okay. Parking shitty out front. Like okay. It's not like a guitar center. It's like a. But I remember like that's where you go and all hang out and talk about your gigs. You know that week and they they were like yeah. Uh, that's where the Sam amps. What are made did he buy? There. What did he? I think he, he just bought like a Telecaster or something oh, okay. like that. Yeah, man, was it a Wayland Telecaster? It was a long time ago. Yeah, did it have the Wayland like binding Maybe. and shit on it? Yeah, yeah, the bindings. Okay, yeah, 
All right, that's the same place I bought a guitar too, man. Um, it is because yeah. I remember him coming in there and and they had all kinds of guitars on the wall and like a bunch of old amps yeah. and shit. Yep. Yeah, I got a. Um, I, I went in there and um, shout out to Highland Music. Highland Music, thank yep. you. They actually, uh, I bought a. It's called a. Um, it's called a Greco. Oh yeah, and it's a Japanese copy of. Uh, it was a '76 Japanese copy of a of a Stratocaster. Yeah. And I bought it, and it's like four hundred bucks. But it's a great little guitar. I mean, you know, shout yeah. out to Greco. It, How many you know? guitars do you have right now? Man, I shit, I don't even know. To be honest with you, um, over a hundred, probably. No, no, oh, I, I wouldn't know where to put them, man. Um, <laughs> probably, I don't know, twenty or thirty. That's including. If you, if you had to pick one guitar in your collection that like means the most to you, like if house catches on fire, what guitar are you grabbing? Two thousand one Les Paul. Wine red, uh, standard. It was a. Uh, I got it new from the factory um, in two thousand one. It was my first brand new Les Paul. Um, it's heavy as shit, which means it's good. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I play it a lot. I don't play it on the road a whole lot. I used to. I play it in the studio mostly because it's just a monster. Just mm-hmm. screams. Um, it's a straight up rock and roll. Just. You know, Jimmy Page, uh, Billy Gibbons, yeah. rock and roll guitar. It really is. But that guitar is probably, that's probably my favorite. You know, the one you, I hold closest to. Do you play life. Gibson acoustics or? I think I do. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I've, I've got a couple of those and they're, they're amazing guitars. I got one at the, uh, the garage right now getting doctored on. Oh, the hole in the we were, side of it. We were talking about your mom's guitar. I, um, I don't play at all, first of all. But uh, my grandfather played guitar growing up when I when I was growing up, and he left me a I think it's a '63 Gibson acoustic. Oh, I, and yeah. uh, my grandma one time was like, "Here's all grandpa's guitars," and she opened up like three cases, and I looked, and I was like, "This one's a Gibson. That might be something." Like I don't I don't yeah. know much about guitars, but I know the word Gibson. Yeah, and I brought it up here to uh, Ben. Told me a place, some guitar place here. Is it? Uh, no, not that one. Nags? No, no. no it's, it's, no. it's starts uh, with a G. Grim? Uh, yeah. Uh, I took it over there and they got it all like fixed up for me and told me how to store it properly and stuff. But yeah, it had some uh, kind of illegal wood it was made out of that you ain't allowed to have in the United States that's, anymore. That's going to make it worth even more right there. Yeah. Man. So, like, you can't. That, import how much that. did they tell you it was worth? Uh, a little bit under eight thousand. Oh yeah. damn! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's so crazy. that's a nice, that's a nice thing to yeah. It was just pretty uh, cool, you know. It's because it was my grandpa's really yeah. the only thing I care about. But I thought it was kind of cool. It was a it's in really good shape. Yeah. And so let's talk got, about this the, project you've been working on. That's that's what sparked this whole thing. I was like, I saw you well, around. I was like, man, I'd love to have you on the podcast. You know, we'll touch on the John stuff, but let's talk yeah. about you know what you got going on well here's what i got going on man i uh and i'll start this story off and and hopefully it's not too long but during uh um covid i was bored of shit and you know i i, I met a guy we were at the porch light thing and he uh he works with billy decker an engineer in town but he's a guitar player and i'm like man do you know anybody wants to start a band do something he's like well i do and i got the guys so yeah we started playing this bar out called uh, Scoreboard out here. We love Scoreboard. That's one of my favorite. That's like my best favorite. Bar, best bar in Nashville. That's my favorite fans, bar. Man. I mean, it's a place Shout to out go. To Scoreboard. Dude. That's my favorite bar. That's like my home bar. 
And I know a bunch of people there, and, and, and the owner was like, well, how about doing um, how about doing Thursday nights or something? So we did, and we started doing this rock and roll project, and it was a lot of fun. And, I mean, we are doing everything. We are doing everything from, like, uh, we do, like, Frampton and Joe Walsh, and how we do, uh, you know, from, like, Van Halen to, mm-hmm. you know, Billy Idol to Buck Cherry. I mean, we were rocking fuck yeah. out. and. People are really getting into Rocking it. Rocking the fuck out. Yeah, yeah. dude. That, that bar is That's online. the only way to rock is yeah. the fuck out. The fuck out. <laughs> and, um, but it was a great time, man. And, you know, but things kind of got back to normal. And, and the other guys in the band, they they have artist gigs, too. And so we all kind of got went back to work. You started going back to work. And I was just like, man, do you guys want to actually like do something, like make a record? And they're like, hell yeah, we'd love to get some music out. So... Probably for the past, I don't know, almost year we've been in the studio trying to do stuff in our spare time. And um, it's uh, it's really, it's kind of like you're talking about your buddy that does the thing at, uh, at Live Oak. It's, I call it Southern Rock, but mm-hmm. there's everything from like Southern Rock to like almost, like almost like progressive rock to blues rock to just straight up metal on this thing. Yeah. And um, I can't wait for people to hear it. I, it might scare the shit out of them. I don't know. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. But um, we'll definitely listen to it. Oh yeah, it's going to be interesting. And like I said, I, I just wanted I wanted to put out some music for people that just kind of kind of felt you know left behind with all the social media stuff, man, yeah. and just didn't understand like what this whole TikTok and Instagram thing was about, man, and just like. This is like, I just want to hear something really cool that you know doesn't sound like all the rest of this stuff, and I feel like I maybe am, am putting this out for them and for me too as well. But and also anybody that's like, you know, fuck it, I just want to rock. Yeah, uh, you know, rock the fuck out, and that's you that's know, what I, I mean. Do. One thing, you know, it's like, you know, you touched on it a little bit, but like you always have this thing inside of you that wants to create something that maybe people wouldn't quite understand. And I, I have that too, you know, like yeah. I just put together a 15 song record and I'm pumped. I feel like every song is fucking awesome. Good. We had like so many meetings, you know, I signed at river house and we've been working on this record and okay. we're going to put it out next year and it's awesome and everything. Yeah. But like, I have this thing for sad songs, you know what I mean? It's like, I just want to like that's not you know quite as commercial you know yeah. and like I still have that thing but I can tell I was listening to a bunch of your stuff the past couple of days yeah you got some um, but not sad in a in a bad way it's, not, it's sad in a, it's more like, like heartfelt it can kind of you know you can kind of feel it right here man yeah well bit. thanks dude I appreciate yeah, that I get it I do um but it's like you know I think at some point um it's not about like what's the coolest thing or like what's gonna like i mean of course because i want to put out music that my fans like and make someone want to go hoo with a beard and kiss that girl that they brought to the date with them you know and make them feel something but at the same time i feel like there's certain songs that are just part of your legacy you know what i mean like yeah. i don't have i don't have kids i doubt i will you know Me you know too. like we said but uh, my nephew or like you know, my mom or, or my sister, you know, like yeah. one day would be like, man, I wonder what Trey was thinking in 2010. Oh, let me go listen to, you know, his record. And, oh, that's how he was feeling. That's where yeah, he was. Yeah. I wonder what Trey, I wonder where Trey's mind was when he went through his divorce. You know what I mean? Be yeah. part of your story. Go, Tell your story. Go as listen you go. to that. Oh, that's what he was thinking. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like at some point, like 
our music, mu- I feel like music lasts forever, and music yeah. is our like it's a universal language, you know, and it's we get a and certain it, thing from music that we can't get anywhere else, and it's like you get to leave that behind. So and put you know it what, out. and you know what I think is like really touching on what you just said, man. Like writing those type of songs, man. I feel like a lot of these new artists they have no idea what those type of songs are yeah. because they have people writing songs for them for the specifically for the radio and they have no true life experience man they don't know what it means to go through really hard times or go through a fucking divorce or you know and do it sober and that and <laughs> and that would even be worse i can't even imagine it was but, terrible i lived it oh i just i just look at it like at least I can sit down and, you know, even if somebody else doesn't want to write it with me, I can sit down and I can write a song about a true life experience because I've lived it and I've learned it. Yeah. And this is something I'm putting out in the world. And you can take these words to heart. Yeah. You can take everything, every note that I'm singing to heart. And I just feel like a lot of the music out there these days that's not that is not what it's about and for sure it makes me sad it really does there's some good stuff though. there is you know I mean? and i'm not don't, don't get me wrong yeah. man the guy i play for he's one of them fucking great man yeah and there's a there's a few other artists that i'm like okay i can't always the cowboy what a hammer dude i mean that's a great song yeah. man you know yeah and it, it's something that i think people can really can really feel you yeah. know and that's what makes a great song you know and a lot of the songs out that I hear out there just that I I can't connect with these days, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. I just I want to get back to that, have something that I'd love to be a guy that I can write something that people can connect with. You yeah, know, for, for sure. sure. You put out a project in 2018, right? Or 19? Uh, you, a, you did like a five song EP. It's probably closer to 2017. I okay. Something like that. Yeah. Because yeah. I remember yeah. listening to that. I was like, I fuck with this. Yeah, you had, to, I, you had a song called something, something about America, wasn't it? American Buzz, baby. American Buzz. That was the name it. of the, that was the name of yeah. the EP, man. Yeah, American Buzz. That's a, uh, I, you know, hey man, I love America and I love to catch buzz. So uh, put the two yeah. together. I mean, uh, hell yeah! <laughs> actually, I, the, the idea for that song uh, wasn't me. Brett Young um, came up to me, um, and he uh, or he was texting me. And he uh, he said, uh, "What you doing for the fourth? Blah blah blah. Oh man, we're out touring or whatever." He's like, "Well, catch a buzz for America." Yeah. And I'm like, "There's a song in that American Buzz." And I came up with the chorus of American Buzz, and uh, I wrote the first verse and chorus. And I was like, "Man, I got to put him as a writer on this." So we got together and wrote the second verse, and that's how the song came about. But man, you know, I just I love America, and I love everything it stands for. Yeah. And uh, if you're a citizen of this country, and you know you're you're one of the lucky some bitches on the planet, man. That's yeah. the way I feel oh, about yeah, it. For but. sure. Are you um, are you uh, writing a lot right now, man? Really, if I am, I'm writing more for my stuff than I am mm-hmm. for the artists. But um, I try to make it a point for at least a couple times a month to do some co-writes, um, just with some of the other people that I enjoy writing with. Yeah. Um, I um one thing that uh that 
that I've done recently. There's an artist named Tyler Booth. Yeah. I don't know if anybody. Yeah, yeah we love Tyler, Tyler Booth. Uh, he evidently cut just cut one of my songs. Hell yeah. Congrats, um, dude. And I love Tyler and, and, and his dad, if they're watching or they see this. I love you guys. They're they're great. Um, and I've got another thing that's a possibility that I'm not going to talk about, but hopefully yeah. near the end of the year, maybe something happens with that. So I'm always trying to... You know, even if I'm not writing for myself, I want to. I want to write with other people and other artists and stuff because I think it only it only expands your creativity in general because you yeah. can kind of get a feel for what other people are thinking or what they want. And you know, maybe at the time and you're in that room or whatever, you're not into it. Yeah, yeah. And that happens a lot. But maybe that experience or something maybe. It shifts your focus in a way that maybe the next time you're writing with somebody, it, you know, it gives you a different, you know, direction or a different angle or something. Or maybe when you sit down just to write by yourself or whatever, it, it affects you in a way that, you know, um, it makes you write a song or start a song that you wouldn't have otherwise. Yeah. So I do enjoy, you know, co-writing with people for, for just for that fact. Even if you don't come out of the room with some banger song or whatever mm -hmm. you know we got a banger we got dude. a banger but and maybe it comes maybe you come at it with, with a different perspective maybe something a way that you weren't looking at it you know writing a song before and so sure. nothing yeah. nothing uh, it's just like they say there are no bad ideas that's true it goes in songwriting too even if you sitting in a, a room with somebody and you're like this is a bad idea <laughs> um, well we're not gonna get uh, <laughs> yeah. a friend of mine reed halton he's at riverhouse too yeah he well, i wrote with him recently and uh he's like man i'll never forget the first time me and you wrote together it was like me him ella and clay he's like we were like 15 minutes into the ride and you just stood up and said well we ain't gonna get nothing today and I, was, <laughs> I was like i don't remember doing that i'm sorry man <laughs> well Sometimes, sometimes you just feel that sometimes way. Sometimes it be like that. You do, you know? man. You've done your like tenth ride of the week, you know. You know, and it just so and you're and you're like creatively spent, man. Yeah. And I can't like I can't even imagine doing that. Like, you know, if I had to, like, even if songwriting was all I did, and that was my job, was to go five days a week, write one or two songs, or whatever. By the end of the week, I'm like, guys, I'm I'm spent. I ain't got. I got nothing for you. Yeah. I got all my, my whole creative bank has been spent yeah. for the week. So it's just, I, I need don't, to go a little bit, live a little bit of life. Yeah. I need to do something other than this, sitting in a room with you trying to be creative. Yeah. Because there's nothing creative about looking at these damn walls, you yeah. know? And unless you come to me with some like idea that's like, I'm just like, oh, you know, gets the, you know, the creative waterfalls going again, it's just not going to happen, you know? And, but that's, you know, part of what songwriting is in this town, you know. Sometimes it, it happens, sometimes it don't, you know. And I right. mean, you just got to, you know, well, got to roll that way. Speaking you, of songwriting. Do you love being on the road? Man, sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. I mean, sometimes it's awesome. Um, sometimes it sucks, you know. Yeah. But what about the, sleeping on the bus? You like that? I, man, sleeping on the bus is fine. I, I have no problem, and I'll tell you why, because usually by the time I go to sleep, I've had about – you know, 18, 19 drinks, and <laughs> I'm just 
out. I'm an Advil PM guy. At the end of the night, oh, yeah. I'm drunk. I'll pop me two Advil PM and I'll See, sleep like I a baby. That's kind of dangerous. I would do that. Man. Might be. Who knows? I got to be honest with you, but I do like cold beer every now and then. <laughs> I got to be honest with you. That would probably give me a worse hangover. No, it. Wake, I wake up feeling like a million bucks. I, see, if I do like Advil PM or so, I feel like I wake up groggy, and I'm just like, oh well, my god. If you're sober, yeah, but if you're drunk, you oh. wake up feeling great. <laughs> Maybe That's I just learned trick. something. Yeah. <laughs> just try something next. Next, <laughs> I but I do oh, love I got, Fig Newtons. <laughs> I got, I got the Xanax too. Uh, Terry Lee, man, this has been great, dude. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Dude. Yeah, thanks for having well, me. Well, I still man. got a little segment. I got. Oh do. yeah, you got to play us a song. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's called Verse and Chorus. Yeah, and you just got to play me a verse. Here's a hundred, just, just a verse and a chorus. Here, here's a hundred dollar yep. guitar. Okay. Hell, you can play as long as you want. Hundred dollar guitar, shit, man. You got a fifty dollar guitar? Yeah, yeah, we got one of those behind you. I mean, come on, man, come on. <laughs> yeah, you want to play on the dick down the Dallas guitar? <laughs> is that really the dick? Oh yeah, it yeah. is. <laughs> yeah. All right, this here song's called "Angel and You" by Terry Lee Palmer and the Ransom Devils. First single coming out sometime, hopefully this year, and uh, written by Terry Lee Palmer and Andy Buckner, and uh, you know. I'm just going to kick everybody's ass. Here we go. <laughs> Always been a nightlifer, whiskey drinking, good time, and never back down from a fighter. Sunday morning, backslider, yes, yeah, true. Till I met the angel and you. Always been a one-night stander, not the kind to hold your hand, or to love and leave them kind of man, right or wrong, don't give a damn, or yeah, it's true, till I met the angel you, I was helping on running my soul into the ground, you were hell sent to turn my wicked ways around, now the devil in me. Don't know what to do Ever since he met the angel you Always first to raise my glass Or tell the world to kiss my ass Or ain't gonna up take a drag Can't stop flirting with disaster Yeah, it's true Till I met the angel you I was helping on running My soul into Turn my wicked ways around And now the devil in me Don't know what to do Ever since he met the angel you Woo!
the DM Monday podcast. Go follow Terry Lee Palmer. That was badass. I mean, I don't know shit about guitar, but that can't be easy. Trey, thank you for having me, buddy. Thanks for being here, man. <laughs> Y'all go rate and subscribe. Peace out.